This is Chris Lee, AKA The Beast is Back, and you're listening to The Art Department. Welcome to the Art Department. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm so glad that you're joining me today. This episode, I get to sit down and talk with my good friend, Chris Lee. Now, if Chris Lee doesn't ring a bell, you probably know his online moniker, which is The Beast is Back. Now, if that doesn't ring a bell, I know you're familiar with his work, especially if you've ever stepped foot in a Target. His client list is phenomenal. The work he puts out is just stunning. There's always so much life and color and vibrancy to what he does, and it brings me and so many people in our community so much joy. Uh, This episode, we get to catch up with him. If you want to hear his story, you can go back and check the archive where we kind of go through the origin story of Chris, but this is more of a catch-up and more of an opportunity for him to answer some of your questions and talk about some of the projects he has been working on recently and what's coming up. So without any further ado, here is The Beast is Back, Mr. Chris Lee. So, Chris, it's been a hot minute since we've had you on the show, um, and you've done a lot since last we talked. It's not like when we first talked to you and when you first came on the show, you hadn't done anything or that you were some unknown uh, in the creative world. You were already pretty accomplished by the time we started talking with you. But holy crap, in the last couple of years, you have exploded and your stuff is all over the place. So before we kind of dive into some of the nitty gritty of some of these projects and we talk about what's going on now and the fun stuff that you're working on now, get us caught up a little bit. Give us the the elevator pitch. If someone's hopping into this conversation for the first time and they're like, who is Chris Lee? Who is the Beast is back? Um, give us a, a little bit of a, um, you know, that, that high level look at what these last couple of years have been for you. Uh, I would say I am an illustrator with a graphic design background who is obsessed with toys and is currently trying to make toys. <laughs> <laughs> okay that is yeah. that is quite a high level yeah. yeah maybe drill down a little bit what what are some of the projects in the last couple of years that you've had um the opportunity to work on and you can feel free to name drop a little bit because there are some names in in some of these project lists uh, for the past couple of years that i'm looking at and just even on your website i'm seeing them oh man let's see past couple of years uh uh let's see i guess one, one of the bigger ones is i've been working with uh, my friend matt koffenberg on the wendy's kids meal program yeah and we've been doing that for gosh almost man maybe two and a half years now yeah and so that's been fun and then there's still continuing work i do with target uh, uh released my first kids book um with uh, abram's apple seed which is their like younger audience it's like their imprint mm-hmm. for their I forgot the age range, but younger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, had a toy release through Unbox, which was my Rhino Beetle resin uh, project. That Well, started yeah. as resin, then became vinyl. Uh, I mean, shoot, I'm, I bet you there's, I mean, there's a ton of things in between, but... I would probably well, have to look at my portfolio too. Yeah, that's a good that's a good place to start. You've, <laughs> yeah. you've, you've thrown out quite a few things. I've got lots of questions about each of them, so let me just drill into a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wendy's Kids Meal stuff. Talk, talk to me about about that because it's you've done how many how many different Wendy's Kids Meal projects have you done at this point? There's a handful. Yeah, I would say at least, man, maybe nine. Jeez, that's a lot. Okay, that was more yeah. than I even realized. Yeah, nine and so, or ten. <laughs> so, and, and the, these yeah. projects, um, maybe just give us a, a quick idea of what they are so, for people who haven't seen them and haven't seen your work on them. But, like, what are these? Uh, oh, man. So, the cool thing about Wendy's is that they're, they don't really do licensed tie-ins, uh, with the exception of their first licensed tie-in, which is Transformers, which we worked on mm-hmm. Um well, we do all these things so far in advance. I don't actually remember when we started it, but it was sometime last year. Uh, 
But the cool thing about them is that they all, every, every kit is uh, original and it's uh, created to promote um, uh, creativity, essentially. And the agency yeah. you work with is in charge of coming up with all the, the concepts and selling those things through. And then, you know, they, they've come to us as kind of the uh, just the artists to, to kind of bring those ideas to life. And so it's really fun because uh, the challenges keep changing and uh, the, the activity is really cool. And Matt has kids, so, you know, he's, he's uh, extra inspired to do, you know, to, to work on these. Yeah. And, and, and like looking at them, they're not, they're not just toys. You, you, you talked yeah. about the idea that they, the idea is that they're focused on, on creativity. Yeah. They, you give the, the kids pieces of the toys and they have to build the toys themselves yeah or they you know instead of just like a very prescriptive like color this in it's like you know you're building a world either with stickers or um you know other things it's not just like fill in the blank which is cool yeah so yeah yeah so your the your level of of collaboration on that project project with matt are you guys like hands-on with like ideating what the the toys are going to be or are by the time it comes to you are they saying hey this is going to be a prehistoric kids pack and here's the components that we're going to use to build them now design around that like how does that how does that process work uh sometimes we have input especially if the concepts are or the themes are a lot looser like they're open to us like a uh especially if we're involved in the pitch phase like you know they'll come to us with a high level idea and then We'll be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And like, yeah, let's try that. So, you know, there's that. And then there's also like what you said with the dinosaur uh, smart links kits where, you know, it's like we have these six dinosaurs. We don't know what they look like, you know, but that's our job. So, mm -hmm. um, so I yeah, it. I mean, it, it really depends. It's a really it's a really fun process. And there's a lot of trust between uh, I mean, between me and Matt, you know, for in, in order for us to split the workload and also between, uh, you know, me and the client. You know, after yeah. working with them for, you know, three plus years um, or maybe three years now. Gosh, I forgot when it was I met them. But, uh, yeah, there's just the rapport there that we just understand. Like he understands what we're going to deliver. And then I also understand what he needs. Yeah. So there, it makes the, the process really smooth. Yeah. I, yeah. So when you guys are delineating, um, because yours, yours and Matt's style is... It is similar, but it but there are some kind of unique differences between the two of you and, and what you each bring to the table. How do you delineate what um, what pieces of art gets get, you know, delivered by each person? Like, how do you how do you divvy up the responsibilities? Like, is one person responsible for facial expressions and one person <laughs> responsible for textures? Like, like how do you how do you guys um, divvy up the project workload? Uh, normally how it works is I kind of play the art director role and the brief will come into me and then I will, you know, Matt and I will then like strategize who will do what. Sometimes I'll define a look and then Matt kind of follows it. And then, uh, okay. th that's the good thing about Matt is like, he's so, uh, he's so versatile and because mm -hmm. our styles are, they exist in the same world. They're not the same, right. but when we need to make it blend commercially, it works. Yeah. Uh, and I think, um. You know, there, there are a few artists that, at least I know personally, that I, I, I don't know, it was just a match made in heaven. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I couldn't ask for a better partner to work on this with. So. Yeah, the, the only, I think, an, an, another connection that I would make between two artists that work really well together that have unique styles but at the same time live in the same universe would maybe be like Joey Ellis and Luke Flowers. The two of those guys kind oh, of yeah. partner together and they do stuff. It seems, it seems very much like that kind of... Uh, partnership marriage where it works really, really well. Yeah, which I feel is rare. Uh, you know, sometimes, I mean, if, uh, you know, there's there's many artists or designers who work together, but they all have different things they bring to the table. You know, they, they take on different clients depending on what style is needed. In our situation, it's kind of like we're working as one unit. Yeah, even artists like like Tom Whalen and Dave Perillo, they do those like combined shows where they have you they have the same kind of sensibilities, but they each 
each piece is uniquely Tom or uniquely Dave, whereas this is different because you guys are working on the same pieces together. And so the overall look has to be cohesive. So you have to have like this extra level of, like you said before, trust and collaboration and 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 workload share, which I think is is really cool, really unique. Yeah, yeah, Matt, like, you know, he'll send me stuff. And if I don't if I feel like it's skewing a little too far towards, you know, a, a style that Matt would you know, be known for. And Mm -hmm. I would tell him to like kind of rein it back a little bit. And like, we're both open to, uh, that kind of, uh, uh, constructive criticism and feedback. So yeah, it's, uh, it works out. You've learned how to work together. Um, so you alluded to this and I I do want to ask because, uh, all the Wendy's toys up to that point had that I've seen from you guys have been not generic, but just not connected to an IP. They've been themed, um, but not IP specific until this latest one, which is the Transformers one. And so seeing that come out from you guys um, and also knowing your love of uh, 80s toys and things, what was that when you got the email for that one? How did that how did that project come into being and and how exciting was it to work on Transformers? Uh, so that, that project was probably one of the most challenging ones we've had for Wendy's because we had to work with, uh, I mean, we, we had to get feedback from not only Wendy's, but also Hasbro. Mm-hmm. So initially that project started off as, a uh, like they wanted to explore transformers as they existed in like generation one, like the okay. really simple stuff. And as the project went on, they, uh, they shifted to more of this kind of uh, evergreen look in their style guide, which is like a mix of G1, but a lot more detail. And yeah. so that made it a lot harder to uh, to kind of interpret those designs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Matt, he, I mean, shoot, I, you know, I worked mostly on the pieces and then Matt did the illustrations for the uh, for the bags. I mean, I, I feel for Matt, he, he worked hard on those to get those looking good. It, it really does, though. It does have a good match. I, did, I didn't grow up. Um, I wasn't a big Transformers kid growing up. I was a Ninja Turtle kid, right? Like yeah, that's, so was that's, I. Yeah. 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 Like G.I. Joe. And, yeah. I had one Transformers toy, I think. But, but being but being of that era, we are all aware of them, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. so you see these, and they are quintessentially transformers but they do have some new some of that new modern yeah. uh, approach to them and so seeing that blend absolutely makes sense it looks like a combination between the old and the the new animated series that they've come out with recently yeah um, I, wasn't fa- I don't know how I much you referenced that yeah no i wasn't even familiar with where these designs came from it's just what we had the it's just what we had to draw from yeah yeah, I love it. But I it, love it was them, fun, so. but, but, but definitely challenging. I'm not going to say that one was easy. <laughs> well, it's uh, good. It's a great portfolio piece. It looks yeah. great on your site, so I can Thanks. I can tell you it's great. Um, what's next is we just got to get Wendy's on some uh, Ninja Turtle IP oh, stuff, man. and then uh, yeah. we'll we'll be in heaven at that point. Um, Someday. So, tar- uh, so Target, you've been uh, doing stuff with Target for years now. Your relationship with them seems to be a again a perfect client uh, and and uh, client and and worker like situation that that's just beautiful because. Um, you do everything from from point of sale stuff to now looks like you're doing uh, with the Target Circle stuff. You're doing some in-house branding for them yeah. as well. That one so how did that not... project come to be? <laughs> so I've been drawing bullseye for many years and in many different ways. And, sure. Uh, so mostly for to... gift cards and stuff, right? Well, mostly for gift cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, other artists have also interpreted bullseye in a, in their own way. And so, we, you know, target had all these different bullseyes floating around and, uh, year, I don't know how long it's year and a half ago. They, uh, they decided to, you know, that it was time to kind of, uh, audit how many bullseyes were, you know, being sure. used Yeah. just so he has a more, uh, I guess co- he's just more cohesive across their branding, yeah. and because yeah. I've drawn bring them a bunch- into the style guide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the, the beginnings of one, and so they asked me to take a stab at it. You know, basically draw a bullseye. It was for. I think the project was for. Uh, to rebrand their uh, semi truck fleet, mm. which is 
you know, I guess pretty old, you know, they don't yeah. get updated that often. Yeah. Uh, and so the bullseye I drew for that, they liked and wanted me to explore more. So I did more character studies and then they just liked it so much that, um, well, actually, sorry, let me, let me go back. So it was fr started from the semi truck, uh, the transport stuff and then, oh, okay. So yeah, then a uh, circle program was just, uh, being developed behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, they asked, you know, they had a working mass, you know, working version of Bullseye. And then they asked me to take a stab at that for Circle. And so sure. I based that design off the stuff I did for the semi-truck stuff. And uh, that ended up sticking. I just had no idea how, like, how uh, how much he would be on the different uh, <laughs> <laughs> like pieces of collateral, like uh, the receipt yeah. tape, I mean, uh, ads, I mean, on the, basically the face of the app. I, I'll tell you what, man, yeah. we, I, the day I remember the day that I walked in to the store and was bombarded by him. And instantly I sent you that message and said, Hey, th this is you, right? Yeah. Like, um, cause yeah. I, because I was so, it was overwhelming, like in the best way possible. It was your illustration, not just cause you we're used to seeing your stuff maybe in the overhead, um, in the, the seasonal illustrations that you'll do or in in the card rack with the gift cards but this was literally everywhere yeah. i mean the entire store was flooded with with these bullseyes and all the circle um ads and and it was it was awesome to see your work on such a high you know high scale um across the the company it was it was really cool so i'm oh, glad thanks. that that project yeah. and, worked yeah, out and it was a complete surprise to me because <laughs> i walked in i was like whoa and then i wrote you know my contacts there and i asked like man you guys really you guys went really went all in on, the, on bullseye this time uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh you know i thought, you thought no it would idea. be a, a supplement to their circle identity but not like a main like a focal point of it so yeah, yeah absolutely it, well know, it, was, it, was cool it, it looks great it's fantastic uh, real quick before we get off target um because <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> uh the uh when you when you did all the stuff in in conjunction with Nintendo for the Super Mario Kart Deluxe uh, Super Mario Kart 8 Deluxe release oh, yeah. um I had no idea that was you until I was back on your website looking at stuff we had those all over our store too and uh to see Mario and Luigi in those big what the, the balls out front you have a name for yeah. them what are those called oh shoot I forgot did they have a name I can't for them remember as well? they, but the yeah. but seeing those covered with Mario and Luigi's face was, was a, a treat and a tre you know, just something awesome for me and my son to walk up and cause we love Mario together. And I just remember, I think we even took a picture with them, not even knowing that that was yours. So it's, it's, it's awesome to see your work out there and becoming so prolific and so, so much in uh, the community that we, that we're in. So, uh, good work my friend oh, thanks it's, andrew it's yeah the mario fantastic. one was interesting because again you know nintendo is very strict about how they're you know they're like mario and luigi their hero you sure know, yeah mascots are uh are represented so i kind of had to stick to the style guide when i was recreating that art so mm -hmm. i mean it's not like you'd look at it and uh, you know uh, connect me to that illustration uh and then the you know the the, the carts that were kind of wrapped yeah. around each of the shopping carts that was also based off like a you know the carts from the game so mm -hmm. um, yeah the whole the whole thing was just a lot of fun the yeah, way that, that you was guys a cool tie in. In. yeah the the uh the go like the the start line as you oh, enter yeah. the doors and yeah. like I, all that stuff was awesome and it was a really really great execution of of this promotion and so uh it was great to see that you were behind it um well, yeah, i'm always it, excited definitely the target team target creative was you know i was just kind of like what do you need and i'll draw it <laughs> yeah perfect yeah hey yeah. that's a great team though right it's a team that that knows what they're doing and they can trust somebody who knows what they're doing and that's that's when the best stuff comes out so i was happy to see that all right um you also have been heavy 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 into like you said at the beginning you've been making you're now heavy into the toy world but i do have a question before we talk about specific toys and the stuff that you've been developing and that you've been working on I can see over your left shoulder a whole slew of camera equipment. So it seems like you, you <laughs> yes, you've gotten into toys, but you've really gotten into photography, right? Yeah. Well, I think and so. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what's that Andrew. learning curve been like? Uh, photography has always been something I've been interested in, and okay. so uh, I basically use that as just another creative outlet. Um, you know, product photography mostly, but I've been getting mm -hmm. into like shooting portraits and just like 
uh, mostly friends because I mean it's just too too much to sure to try to make another business out of it but um yeah you don't want to yeah, go shooting weddings on the weekend yeah, or anything no. like that <laughs> yeah illustration design and wedding photography and then wedding yeah. photography yeah <laughs> uh yeah no it's just uh just another passion and uh, i'm just trying to find ways to incorporate it into what i do uh, so I can, you know, basically use the stuff I spent money on. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and yeah. It, the more you do this stuff, the more you're, the more you're becoming a, a triple quadruple, you know, uh, whatever threat, because you're able to create the, you're, you're able to ideate, you're, you're able to create and you're able to actually then document and, and promote all of the stuff. And you become kind of your own little in-house studio that yeah. is that that is capable of of executing high level stuff um all within the confines of just one person which is really cool i yeah, think that's and, it, and it's great for me because i don't have to rely on someone else like oh yeah. i need to i need to find a photographer to shoot this product i'm doing right um and so it's you know just something i kind of doubled down on in terms of wanting to learn uh you know how to use lights and flashes and um, the only problem there's one downfall you yeah. can't blame the art director if it doesn't come out good no that's the that's only true. thing like you it's <laughs> all on you it's on your shoulders you can't uh, you can't tell it that it's anybody else's fault no um can't all right so let's let's talk about toys um yeah. you've gotten heavy you've gone you've gone deep down that rabbit hole you yes you've made some of these uh more simplistic style toy stuff with with wendy's that we've talked about that are more um flat you know they're two-dimensional i guess they're like hybrid two-dimensional three-dimensional toys yeah um because they live in three dimension but they're designed to be two-dimensional um but you've also gone like really really heavy into uh the sculpted vinyl three-dimensional world um and you're going even more down that road you've done stuff in the past with kid robot and you've done your own um dunny series uh which was last year the year you did the designer con series or was it the year before that uh that was last year yeah last year like a long wait was it last year or is it two years ago i don't know but it's super cool yeah no i think you know what the the decon dunny series was two years ago okay so you've you've been you've been in the toy world for a little while you did your rhino uh your rhino beetle toy um which is fantastic and i remember seeing the prototypes for that two years ago at designer con you had them up at your booth and they were really cool um but now you've you've got this this new project that you're working on um that you just revealed in the last couple of days as of record this is this will have been out for a couple of weeks when people are hearing this for the first time but tell us about your your primeval project oh yeah so primeval island is uh something to come up with to try to tap into this uh kind of nostalgic uh love i have for dinosaurs and growing up with uh dinosaurs that weren't exactly accurate you know scientifically mm-hmm. accurate as you know by today's standards <laughs> and um you know they're they're always a little bit more monstrous, and uh, I had these old uh, I forgot who they're by either Imperial or something, but they're called Hong Kong dinosaurs because they're from Hong Kong, and mm-hmm. they're just kind of weird looking with um, I don't know they're just very aggressive. You just got to look them up if you if you see them you'll know you know that they're from like the like early eighties uh, late seventies. Yeah, they just ha- they just have that look that yeah. is locked in that people everywhere right now are trying to recreate but these are original they have that that vibe to them yeah yeah totally uh and so so you know blending my love for dinosaurs with kaiju i was like you know what i want to make uh you know i want to make a figure that you know based on one of my favorite well types of dinosaurs and i know a pterosaur isn't a dinosaur but uh <laughs> you know you know, six-year-old me, that's a dinosaur. So sure, that's what yeah. yeah. Uh, 30, 35-year-old me, that's yeah. a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, uh, so, so I came up with uh, uh, a Torontor, which is basically, you know, like a, a spiritual successor to, like, Rodan from Godzilla. Uh, but, you know, have, uh, more. Uh, but the design leans more towards a, a pterosaur or a pteranodon. Sure. Yeah. yeah. With the the spine on the back, uh, with all the spikes and yeah, everything. Yeah. How, uh, what what um, is this part of uh, the beginnings of a new world that we might see from you? Is this one of many? Is this one off? Like what what's the 
What's the well, end goal with this project? I have three, uh, well, three total designs, including, uh, including this one, and each okay. of them are based off of different types of dinosaurs that okay. I that I liked in terms of like the uh, the build. So this is a flying okay. one, then I have uh, two others. But I mean, <clears throat> these are long term projects because toys mm -hmm. don't happen overnight. So sure. I, I probably won't even start working on the other two ideas for until this one is. Uh, in at least hands. in production yeah okay all right all right yeah, <laughs> yeah these don't these don't these don't happen overnight like you said and you started no. to post some process shots of yeah. them um which like the have you did did you do all the sculpting yourself and then hand it off to a 3d sculptor oh, no, or? no 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 I so work you're with doing all of it yeah yeah what's that i said so you're not doing all of it oh no yeah i don't okay. know how to sculpt Okay. Yeah, if I knew how to sculpt, I think that's all I would be doing. Is <laughs> like okay. doodling ideas so and we then did, sculpting it. <laughs> we have found one one weak link in the chain. I was wondering because in my <laughs> head you were you could just do everything. So it's nice to know that you're at least somewhat human. Okay, keep going. <laughs> keep going. No, so I worked with a sculptor. His name's Dante Rockford, uh, and, and he's in uh, I believe he's in Mexico. Uh, but I found him on Instagram, and then I, I hired him to take my rough idea and uh, just make it nice, you know. And yeah. we worked back and forth for a few weeks, and and then after that, then I handed it off to my friend Paul, who owns uh, a shop called Props and Pop, and he did my uh, resin beetle and then some other art projects for some other friends. Uh, but he has all the different 3D printers and all those capabilities, so. Uh, he printed this giant one that I, well, he yes, printed two. He, he printed one at size that I would like to get produced, which is around seven inches. And then mm -hmm. he produced a huge one at uh, about 12 inches that I, yeah. that's the one that I've been uh, doing a follow along with on Instagram. And that's, okay. uh, uh, I painted so that So the paint, the painted one is the, is the larger it's one. It's the large you 12 inch one. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it's I'm, uh, beautiful. I'm, I'm using that as kind of paint reference for the factory as well. So it was a cool piece to do. And then also it does serve a purpose in the process of making the toy. And you're doing all of this. Are you doing any of these pre-ordered? No, because I don't know how much it's going to cost. And I also don't okay. know if I have to modify the sculpt uh, to get it made correctly. So right now this is just uh, just sharing my idea. Sharing your idea, uh, yeah. but when it's when it's time, will you will you do will you try to go like uh, producing it in house, or are you like on your own and then selling it all on your own, or would, have you thought about doing like a Kickstarter to oh, get no, it no, going? Oh no no, it's just going to be hundred percent self funded. One hundred percent. Yeah, I don't want to have to uh, rely on another company or uh, or even Kickstarter. Okay. So I'll do a pre order system once I figure out pricing. But uh, the Kickstarter stuff is just too much work. I mean, I know people okay. do it. It's just uh, yeah. making a video and then the different tiers and just there's it's just an, a there's lot. an art there's an art form to it all on its own. And it, and it does. You almost need like a whole other team to manage that. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I know people you, do it on their own have, too. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's you just, have your if you've got it within your ability to to produce it on your own, yeah, yeah why not? That's definitely a definitely a way to go. Um, are you going to be doing like you did with the Rhino Beetle? You did some print. Um, not collateral, like it's not doesn't, but you have some uh, some uh, pieces that are that kind of go that. What am I? What am I trying to say? You have art that yeah. also compliments. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Why can't I think of the word compliments? All right. With with the rhino beetle, you have art that complements it. Um, you've got this this whole like moss kingdom. Uh, print series that you have that that works really really well with that rhino beetle um are you going to be doing similar stuff with with this with this yeah, series i might make a um, i had an idea of maybe making a kind of like a a fake movie poster you know like you would like yeah. one you would see in like the 60s for like a godzilla movie mm -hmm. you know for uh you know for toronto and just uh i think that'd be a nice like like thematically to tie in but yeah. I don't think I have any other plans beyond maybe some stickers and like some basic things. I love it. Yeah. Um, speaking of stickers and other things, you do have a whole nother world that you that you are involved in. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> we we haven't talked about it at all in this episode, but you do have a ton of pins and uh, pins and also pins and patches and then some more pins. How many hundreds of pin designs do you have at this point? It seems like it's. It's just an absurd amount of pin designs. Um, how is is Nightcake Press going? Uh, it's still going great, surprisingly, for being something I don't 
pour 100 my 100 uh, percent of my time into. I mean, it's just impossible. But I have kind of reached a a limit of what I can do on my own based on everything else happening. Sure. But it's still um, it's still thriving. Um, I started it in 2015, like late 2015, and you know, here we are, like I don't know how many pins later, and patches, and mugs, and whatever else. <laughs> yeah, it's and and we and we said I think even when we chatted with you originally, it was like uh, we thought that we were on the bubble already of the pin craze. It I feel like we keep waiting for that bubble to pop, and it hasn't yet. No. Yeah. I know there's predictions like, oh, you know, it's going to come and go like slap bracelets or whatever. Yeah. But um, no, it's been I think, five I think, years and it's still yeah, going. It's, it's true. And honestly, I think it started <laughs> before that. I think maybe 2014, you know, for the earliest, yeah. you know, adopters of the medium. But uh, I think there's room for pins indefinitely. It's really, you know, as an artist, if you're just selling a pin, it's a great accessory to have you know, mm -hmm. at your booth or if you're just selling, if someone doesn't want to buy a print. And then if you're a pin focused company, I think success really lies in what your message is, you know, like, you know, some pin companies are like, you know, they'll, they'll take memes or, you know, yes. they'll just do yeah. only pop culture mashups or, or whatever. But, um, you know, for night cake, I try to do, I mean, there's some pop culture in there, but it's, it's like an extension of my art basically. It's, yeah. And it's also a place I can, um, uh, make things where I don't have to feel like, well, will, will this fit in my normal shop? Yeah. And if it doesn't, then I'll just, you know, put it in night cake. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Night cake. Yeah. So, and the, the catalog you have at this point is, is again, it's absurd and it's, they're all fun. They're all, uh, not all they're, they're a lot of them are cute. At least they live in this, this sphere of kind of cute. Some of them are kind of like mean cute or gross yeah, cute yeah. none of them are overtly mean or overtly gross they all kind of have this air of cuteness to them but that's your sensibility anyway right so that that's part of of what makes them your work yeah um, i mean some of them are monstrous so but yeah it's a kind of mischievous evil yeah. sometimes they're, yeah they're a monster pin that you could put on a a a four-year-old, you know what I mean? Like yes. they're not, they're not, it's not going to scare them. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. give them any, any exactly. nightmares. Um, but, uh, man, I, I, I love to see that. I love every time you release new stuff. I love to see it. Um, your booth is always one. Um, when I, when we go to, when there used to be this thing called conventions, oh, yes. um, in the world, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. Yeah. Um, when these, when this world of conventions used to exist, I could always see yours from a glance from across the, the room because you do such a great job of building that up and i'm not going to get into how you build that up because you had a great conversation with mark bricky about that a few mm -hmm. weeks ago and i'll just link to that in the show notes people can hear your strategy behind um building a great booth and you did give a really really good conversation really good talk about that uh with mark um but i love seeing your stuff because it's always fresh it always feels um it always just brings me a little bit of joy because there's so much color and so much vibrancy uh, to the pins that you're doing with um, with with Nightcake. All right, so let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> Con uh, the, the convention scene. You are big in the convention scene. Well, I wouldn't say big, but I do participate three times a year. <laughs> that's well. So, that's okay. You yeah. you just happen to do the same three that I do then because oh, yeah. you're at <laughs> okay. all of the ones that I go to. <laughs> Um, right. but, well, I guess, you know, compared to another artist who does uh, conventions full time, you know, traveling sure. and all that. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So you you let's OK, let's say you're a, a pro-am on <laughs> yeah. uh, on the convention <coughs> circuit. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, you do a lot of business with the convention scene like you i'm guessing you you push a lot of product and you you make you make a decent amount of money um at these different conventions just knowing you knowing your work and knowing how these things how these things go what what has life been like in in the wake of of pulling convention um planning and convention funds and all that stuff what what has that done to help you what have you done to recalibrate in the in the light of this current life situation that we find ourselves in yeah it's interesting because i feel like uh for me conventions have been uh you know yes a place you know to earn more income you know throughout the year but i really treat conventions as um you know, I don't, you know, I work at home <laughs> by myself. So, you know, three times a year I get to interact with, you know, people who enjoy my work, which is nice. 
And it's just, uh, it's kind of like a, a place where I make new business connections. Uh, I get to sell a few things. And uh, so it's not just like I'm out there setting up my stuff and, you know, buy it if you like, you know, well, obviously buy, buy it if you don't, or don't buy it if you don't want it. But um, yeah, it, it's just, uh, I think that's why I put so much emphasis on each show that I do. Just yeah. that, you know, I always have to have something new because I have a lot of repeat customers. Right. Um, and, you know, just keeping things fresh. But really, yeah. I just, um, you know, when the news broke about the, or, you know, as the world slowly started shutting down. Well, not slowly. Yeah. I mean, you know. As it abruptly, uh, abruptly halted. Yeah. <laughs> and every, everything sh you just shut down at a moment's notice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, the, you know, the convention stuff, I felt like those notices were kind of drawn out a little bit mm -hmm. longer, especially with Comic-Con and, and all that. But uh, I think it's... Um, I don't know. My business is so diversified. Like, yes, I do do shows. Sure. Uh, I also have a separate side brand for pins and whatever accessories and then freelance and then my own art. So I think mm -hmm. in terms of impact, it doesn't impact me the same way as someone who does conventions full time. And, you know, for those people, I have, you know, so, so much like, uh, you know, I feel for them because yeah. it's hard to pivot when your, you know, basically your, your business model has been stopped. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got to, you've got to figure out some way to, to, to do it, to, yeah. to, to make life happen yeah. when, uh, when this whole thing changes, innovation becomes the name of the day, right? Like that's, that's the theme of our life right now is how do we innovate to make things work? <laughs> yeah. But also it's like innovating on a dime. It's like mm -hmm. pulling the e-brake and it's like, it's not, it's not as easy, you know, to do yeah. it instantly. Like that, that kind of evolution and diversifying your work and where you get income from, you know, where you get income is that's a, that's a long process. Yeah. You know, to, yeah, find, if, that, if to it, find that rhythm, to find that audience, yeah. the customer base, like it's, uh, it's hard. So I for know. you, uh, yeah, the fact that you are diversified helps, helps kind of curb, uh, curb that, challenge yeah. a little bit um but you're right there are some people who who rely on that stuff full time and they're having to they're having to totally reevaluate how they do yeah, everything exactly um, and so i'm not saying that i'm not fortunate. i'm not worried you know like obviously i'm mindful of like how i spend my mm -hmm. money now but mm -hmm. or like what i what other projects i'll i invest in for you know sure. for myself but mm -hmm. um yeah in terms of the, the convention scene specifically i think it's uh you know i'm disappointed uh, mm -hmm. you know, cause I do look forward to the, you know, the wonder cons and comic cons and D cons each year. Um, but I, it really is the best thing to, <laughs> you know, to not do those things this year. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes sense. You, yeah. you, you can be upset, but it also, you, you think about it for more than 30 seconds. You're like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get why they're making these decisions. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to ask a few questions that are from, uh, some of our listeners, some of the people from our community, because, I'm oh. not the only one who loves your work. Everybody I feel like that I know loves your work. And so I put it out there. I was going to be chatting with you. A few people um, gave me a couple questions and things to throw out to you. So sure. um, <clears throat> first, in, uh, first, Nate Bear said, um, how does he? And that's all. He just wants to know how you do all the things that you do. You don't have to answer that question. But I do want you to know that he feels much the same way that I do, which is, I don't know how you are able to do all the things that you're able to do, but um, God bless you, sir, for doing them. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Davis, here's a real question. Ryan Davis wants to know, he knows that you're a big toy collector. He wants to know what a couple of your favorite toys in your collection are. Like, I'll, I'll restate the question a little bit. I'll, I'll restate the question. If your house was on fire and you could grab one thing with one hand and one thing with the other, assuming all the members of your family are safe and you can only save two toys, what would the two toys be? Oh man, put me on the spot, man! I should know. I should have this. We're, answer, like, we're asking the hard hitting questions. Yeah, this is hard hitting pocket. journalism. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, two toys, right? Oh my, yeah, um, two toys. I'm just trying to cycle through everything right now. Um, I'm really fond of uh, like the the Japanese mascot toys that I've kind of, um, yeah, I've kind of gathered over the years so there mm -hmm. are these, these two ice cream mascots for uh the nisei like soft serve soft cream yes. whatever you want to call yeah. it company so uh i'd probably grab two of both of those okay i mean 
Wow, so you're going, you're going, both both hands are going to be the, from yeah, the same yeah. property. Well, wow. there's a, yeah, there's a boy and there's there's a girl mascot. Right. I just really love those designs, but oh my goodness. I mean, there, there will be tears shed. Yeah, as, oh, know, I hear you. I'm running from my burning house, but yeah. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're going, you're going, to, and I think, I think Jared Mariyama has posted, like, his love of those toys as well. I, I know I've seen your post about them, but I'm pretty sure he's posted about them too, and they are yeah. adorable. They're super cute. Um, all right, I'll, I'll allow it. I was, I was hoping I'd hear a Ninja Turtle in there, but that's okay. I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> Doc Reed, uh, Doc Reed says, uh, he know he wants to know if you still print and produce all of your own pieces or do you outsource the printing now? Uh, um, I still do. Uh, yeah. I still do all my, the G clay stuff on my own, okay. uh, through an Epson and then screen prints. I just, that, that's a skill set I don't have or. Uh, care to learn <laughs> sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, so I, i'll, I'll I let the that. pros if i can just focus on making uh you know making the art and then let the, the pros print it in the way that it should be printed then i'm all for that he so. also he also said he wants he wants you to know and i do want you to know too that he is extremely thankful for the blog post that you do um where you resource people with things patrick um wanted me to tell you too that he regularly points people to uh that blog post you have about packing and shipping oh, things yeah um oh, spe <laughs> specifically on that no he said he, he references it regularly um on yeah, that i feel note, like that's a topic that a lot of people don't discuss you yeah know? i mean they always you know artists you hear or you hear artists talk about shipping and passing it's usually like oh you know like price or uh the difficulties of shipping to certain countries but not the actual like shipping of artwork right and yeah so, absolutely yeah and patrick wants to know if you have any shipping uh horror stories like any shipping like nightmare stories uh, about a time where something got somewhere or didn't get somewhere or got somewhere and it was totally destroyed and you had to you had to deal with that do you have any horror stories of shipping oh yeah so when i released the rhino beetle the resin figure mm -hmm. uh i didn't sh I, I thought i packed it properly but you know you don't know what happens to the packages sure. once they enter the system and once like, they get started... punted through the field goal of yeah no kidding <laughs> you know from one end of the warehouse to the other yeah or from one end of the warehouse into the mail truck yeah uh so i started getting emails with people like hey uh you know i got my beetle and looks great but all the legs are broken uh. and so you know i got one i was like oh you know i'll fix it for you no problem just send it back here's a prepaid uh -huh. mail or a pre uh, prepaid label uh, and then I started getting more and more and then I was like, oh, oh my no. gosh, when is this going to stop? Because I, I sent out maybe 50 uh -huh. and, uh, and eventually it stopped. 50, 50 broken ones. No, no, like no. I, 50 no I had sent or? out 50 total. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, you know, as I didn't know, like did all 50 not make it? Um, that's that's a terrifying thought yeah so maybe that's a terrifying thought because these I are think, handmade right like they're yeah. handmade resin and hand painted yeah and oh. then hand assembled the thing is the legs wow. didn't the 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 connection joint wasn't deep mm -hmm. enough so you know any left or right movement that was i guess it with enough force could just pop them off live and, and learn right now yeah, you know yeah so i think nine or ten came back to me that I had to fix and send back, wow. uh, still, a still a headache. Cause I, you know, the, the amount that would have needed to be fixed was unknown. Like sure. I didn't know, yeah. like, you know, that's a, that's a terrifying thought. Yeah. Um, okay. Two more things. Any tips? This is again from doc. Any tips for having a successful series? He's looking to do a series, but once, uh, doesn't know if he needs to have a variety. He doesn't know if he has a, a variety enough, uh, to do it and he doesn't want to get bored, but, uh, he wants to know how you, how you kind of curate your own series. Cause you have multiple series that you've done over the years. Um, and they've been highly successful i mean i have one of the series right behind this computer screen right now of the the turtles uh that you did um the little mini prints that oh, are yes. on my wall yeah. but um you've done so many different series and you've <clears throat> done them really really well how he wants to know how you go about doing that uh well let's see i guess there's multiple ways to approach uh you know using the idea of a series for your for for your art and for prints uh, one is to make sure you're picking, first of all, picking a subject or theme that you're passionate about. So, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't pick a series where it's something that's uh, uh, kind of topical. 
and you're like, oh, it'd be cool because this is popular. Like, definitely yeah. do something that's based on, uh, like a like a uh, something you're truly passionate about. Yeah, you know, and then from there it becomes easy to one, you know, like Doc said, to uh, to stay focused and not yeah. get bored because it's something yep. you already love. Yep. Uh, and two, it's uh, you know, because it's something you love, people will see that come through in your work. So, you know, yeah. that, the extra level of enthusiasm, not that something that you were describing, but it's just present, you know, yeah. like you love Ninja Turtles. I love Ninja Turtles. So if I draw them, people are going to know that, oh, this guy loves Ninja Turtles. You know? Yeah. You're, uh, you're not just, you're not just crossing the T's and dotting the I's because yeah. you know, it's going to be a cash grab. This exactly. is a, yeah. Definitely don't something. do serious because it, it's a cash grab. I think that is the, that's one of the most important things. Uh, but you know, if it's a, if it doesn't have to be fan art related either, I mean, if you're doing a series, um, you know, about something you love, that's a little bit more abstract, like, uh, you know, nature or the natural world, which I always tend to, to lean towards, uh, you know, there's so many different ways to explore that theme and you just got to find a way that works as a print, uh, and then maybe, you know, whatever, you know, so if, so say if you pick the natural world, like what is the what is the through line between all the pieces that make it a series? Not just that, oh, I'm drawing wildlife. I mean, I guess right. that could be a series too, but I mean, you right. can even drill it down to something more specific than just, I'm just drawing uh, 10 different types of animals and 10 different prints, uh, you know? So, you know, just find yeah. a, a creative way to approach uh, approach the, the subject or the, or the theme. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, finally, one one question from from Gabe Barletta: How's marriage life <laughs> hey, going? Well, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> How's marriage life going? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's great. Uh, my wife and I got married last August, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean we we've, we've been together for gosh over ten years before we got married. So I yeah. mean, really, we're living like we were married <laughs> sure. for a while yeah. now, but. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's it was awesome to see that whole thing. Uh, you you do a really good job of documenting, um, not just curating series of prints or toys or whatever. You do a good job of curating how people see you too. You're great with your brand and not like not just in terms of aesthetics and design wise, but the way that you. People love you. I don't know if you realize this. I know. I imagine you hear it. People love you. I mean, you can see it even in the questions that I got. Um, Gabe also wanted to make sure you knew that uh, he wishes nothing but the best for you. And he wants you to know how great you are and all around a great guy. Um, But the way in which you curated that, we got to see your your wedding uh, with some really beautiful shots over the past couple of months. You've that you've posted some things, and um, it's it's really really cool to see how you have um, really just kind of honed in this 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 look overall. The overall look and feel of the Beast is Back is uh, certainly more than what it would be at a glance, right? Like the 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 brand of the Beast is Back. it doesn't say it all in the name there there is it is so much more under under the surface and you've done a great job of curating that and showing us and giving us a a peek into what that life looks like not just behind not just the upfront stuff but also the behind the scenes stuff um yeah. and it's been really cool oh thanks yeah i try not to post i just oh, i guess for my you know if we're just talking about instagram i i don't like to post too many just like regular things it's just i like to just to show things i love yeah. So, you know, whether it's toys or art and I don't post as much as, uh, I probably should, you know, sometimes I look at my posts and I'm like, Oh man, I haven't posted in a month, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but you know what? I, I, I don't know if it's, if it's working for you, then that's what it should be. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's all, you, you, you can mess with the algorithms and you can play the game. And we talk to people all the time and we hear about things all the time where the, the algorithm is just, it's just messed up. But if this rhythm works for you and your lifestyle and your brand, and it, at the end of the day, people get exposed to you and get exposed to the real you and get exposed to the things that you love. Like you just said, you're only posting stuff that you love. Yeah. Um, 
that's that's not a bad deal man like yeah. if you're posting once a month but it's something that's like super meaningful and and uh something uh that people can get a a, a glimpse of who you are and and the heart behind things i think that's a win i mean truly as yeah. opposed to just making sure you're getting something posted every three days um and then it just becomes mundane. Now we, we have something to look forward to. And when you look back at your whole thread, you look back at your entire timeline of things, um, it it's meaningful. You can go back and actually be proud of the stuff that you're looking at as opposed to like, oh, why did I why did I post that? Right. It's not you don't have any of those felt cute might delete later oh, yeah. situations <laughs> no, no, on no. your thread, right? So um, Definitely don't have those. Yeah. I just uh it, it's uh yeah, just sharing things I love and hopefully, you know, people love those same things. And it, it looks like they do. I mean, even when I posted about the Toronto figure and, yeah. you know, that I had this infatuation for pterosaurs and people in the comments were like, I love pterosaurs too. I'm like, see, <laughs> you, fa- like, you found, you yeah. found your people and they found their people. That's, that's yeah. social media working at its finest people. That's how this works. Totally. Um, and I think for me, what's important is not making social media a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, it takes up too much of our time already, and it's just hard to, you know, to to, to think about staying on top of that every or like on a daily basis is uh, just exhausting. Yeah, it, beca- yeah. it becomes another job and becomes a. a- a necessity or like a, a necessary evil. Yeah. If you view it that way, it can start to, to lose some of the appeal. And uh, you've managed to keep the heart and the, the lightheartedness and the fun. Um, and honestly, just the beautiful stuff in in the world of social media. So we, we appreciate from all of us here, we appreciate that. So um, oh, tell people yeah. where uh, what's what's next for you, where they can find you, where they can buy your things right now because they're not going to see you at a convention. Um, tell people where they can do all these things and follow what's going on. All right. So what's next? Uh, another big another big toy thing. So uh, Matt Koffenberg and I have been working on this space toy uh, set for a few years now. And it's finally in production. It's been in production since uh, last fall. No, nope. end of summer. Okay, I think. So almost a year. Yeah, we're, we're, actually, we're working on the better part of three quarters yeah, of a year at this point. Actually, you know what? It may be maybe in production for a year now. I can't remember when we started, but uh, we've been getting uh, consistent updates from the factory, and it's uh, it's looking great. So I'm going to start uh, sharing that progress. Um, Probably next week. Uh, okay. So two, by the time this ca- airs, it should it should be out because this will air in a couple weeks. Oh yeah. So by the time perfect, this airs, yeah. people two, will be able to go and see it. Yeah, it's two characters and it comes with a vehicle that rolls. Has like it's really cool. Yeah, that's uh, it's better than we ever imagined. So uh, we're excited to share the updates. Finally, it's been like my friend Tony makes fun of me all the time because he's like, "Man, it's been <laughs> it's been five years since you've debuted <laughs> that project." I'm like, "I know, but." This this toy is very complicated, <laughs> but it's so, going to pay um, off though. It's going to have the, it's going to have that payoff. Yeah, it will. Uh, well, I hope so. And so I'm ex- we're excited to to show that off. And then um, uh, you can find me at uh, the Beast is back on Instagram, and then on Twitter. If you use Twitter, it's the Beast underscore is back, and then just my website, thebeastisback.com. Perfect. Hey, seriously, you are a gem. You're a treasure. Uh, we appreciate you, and we can't wait to see what comes out with the the space toy. And wish nothing but the best for the uh, the pterosaur, whether it's a dinosaur or not, doesn't matter. Figure. Uh, we hope we wish nothing but the best for that. Um, but in general, thanks for chatting with us, and we'll catch up. Hopefully, it won't be as long before we catch up again. Um, we'll do we'll do a touch base, uh, maybe sooner rather than later. But uh, man, thanks so much for stopping by and chatting with us all right thanks andrew appreciate it well that's it for this episode thanks so much for stopping by you can find show notes and links to all of this stuff over at m of one.network while you're there you can also hit up the archive and find hundreds of other episodes full of content from all over the place uh, whether you're into design or toys or games or film or tv there's something there for you uh, while you're at it go to m of one.network slash slack and join the conversation or as always go to m of one podcast on all the different social platforms and be a part of the conversation. But anyway, for now, we're going to call this one done. Until next time, peace out.